give me poverty or riches, but keep me in a posture of dependence. Never allow me to get to a place where I fail to recognize that I need you every hour of my life. Keep me in a place so that I will never forget that you are my only source of help and hope and provision and guidance and strength. Today on the Songtime broadcast, we'll continue our series, A Proverb a Day in May, as we hear from H.B. Uh, Charles Jr. and the story of Agur, his prayer that shows us the wisdom, the will, and the worship of God in prayer. Stay tuned for that. But first, we're going to be talking a little bit about doctrine as we explore the omni-attributes of God, as we see that theology is the foundation of our faith. We'll be joined by Nick Tucker and the many voices coming together for that one message. I'm your host, Adam Miller. You're listening to Songtime Radio. This weekend, we're continuing our commitment to you to taking one weekend a month to talk about doctrine. We started off at the beginning of the year with a great book by Paul David Tripp, Do You Believe? 12 Historic Doctrines to Change Your Everyday Life. And so we are committing to taking one month, yeah, one weekend each month to talk about these various doctrines. And this weekend, we're talking about the omni-attributes of God, that he is omni Potent, meaning he is all-powerful. He is omnipresent, meaning he is everywhere present all the time. And omniscient, meaning that he is all-knowing. These are the attributes of God in his power and his glory and his limitlessness. And yet, there's also another attribute of God that he is immutable, which means that God cannot change. Well, how could there be any limitations on a God who is all-powerful? Well, our guest today has something to say about that. His name is Nick Tucker, and he's written a book called 12 Things God Cannot Do, and how they can help you sleep at night. So, Nick, one of the things you do in your book is you bring out the various attributes of God that are limited, and, and those are really hard for us to wrap our mind around, but you talk about how God cannot sin, how God cannot change his mind, and how God could not be lonely or suffer. So tell us a little bit about why these attributes of God in his power are also limited by the various topics that you talk about in your book. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, that comes from personal experience. Say, I guess, what, about 12 years ago, my younger brother died very suddenly on his honeymoon. Hmm. And what became apparent to me was that the, the place I was going to, to cope with that and to deal with it, was was actually my doctrine of God. It was, you know, this knowledge that God is unchangingly good, you know, un- unsearchably and unfathomably wise, and, um, you know, that he doesn't change. So that I, I could I could kind of say to myself, and this is, this is basically what I was preaching to myself, was, you know, Nick, don't you, that when, when you see him, you will know that he's never put a foot wrong mm. uh, and that he has... He has done right. He's always done right, and um, and I think that actually, you know, that, that God is in the end the one certainty in all of reality. He's the one genuinely unchanging and trustworthy thing. And so, I'm not the God's a thing, but he, he, I think you know what I mean. Um, and and so, yeah, the idea is very much that as we get to know God and think about these things that He can't do, like changing His mind. Say, so if God makes a promise to you. It's not going to say to you tomorrow, yeah, actually, I've had another think about that. Um, 
and you know or i got to go with my team and actually we were we were hashing out some different angles on that one you know he's not going to do that he 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 makes a promise he will keep it because he doesn't change his mind mm-hmm. well i mean you could rift on any of them here i think uh, but the 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 point i think that you're making is so crucial and i i'm glad you shared your own personal experience because i think a lot of our listeners have been through experiences that are very similar and they've had those mm-hmm. same questions and that is where our brains really struggle to to trust in God because we ask us why would God allow good things to happen or bad things to happen to good people and that's hard for us to fathom because mm-hmm. and the core of that is because we've kind of think God is obligated by our principles but God's obligated by his own principles mm-hmm. and that this is a real test of faith to whether or not you actually believe that God is who he says he is and he can do what he says he will do yeah absolutely and um I mean, it just it just strikes me that the, the more the more we get to know God, the more we understand. You know, my ways are not your ways, says the mm. Lord. He 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 is just so different from us. So because everything we know is limited, is we see it from a particular perspective. We have limited access to information. You know, we think we know. I mean, you know, uh, over the last two years as a church leader, you know just realizing how little I know, <laughs> you know, just how, how limited my understanding of what the right thing to do is. Uh-huh. And yet, you know, God is never unsure of what the right thing to do is. But I, but I often think, well, I know exactly how God ought to fix this. Like, you know, if only God, if only you would do this, you know, and so, so often my prayer life is, is, you know, it sort of degenerates into trying to give good advice to the God who already knows everything. Yeah. And um, rather than casting myself on his mercy, uh, and just and 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 in a sense saying, look, I know you know better than me, mm-hmm. um, and and I think that that's a real, if if that gets deep down into your soul, that actually helps you to cope with suffering. Yeah, I really think it does because because you can say, oh, I just don't understand how this can be good. I don't understand how this can be right, mm-hmm. and yet somehow you are working out the best possible plan. What ultimately will turn out to be the best of all possible worlds, even though right at the moment in the depths of this, I cannot imagine how that's true. Mm-hmm. But I suppose that's the thing, isn't it? Is is that we haven't imagined God and we can't imagine Him. Um, our problems come when we think we can or when we try to. So we say, "Well, I, you know, if I can't imagine what God could be doing in this situation, He can't be doing good." Mm-hmm. That's not true. The question there is: if God, if God is really all powerful, why doesn't He do this for me? But that doesn't diminish in any way that God is all-powerful. It's his wisdom and his graciousness that doesn't uh, allow him to to do what we want when we want because he sees the bigger picture. He he mm-hmm. has a bigger plan, and his plans are always perfect. So he is all-powerful in those scenarios. Yeah. We just don't understand why God is doing it, but it doesn't limit his power or his His nature in any way. It just shows that we we don't have that perspective that he has. Absolutely, yeah. Mm-hmm. I-, I couldn't agree more. We've been talking with Nick Tucker about his excellent book called 12 Things God Can't Do and how those will help you sleep at night. You can find out more information about his book by giving us a call 508-362-7070 or head over to our website at songtime.com. 
Well, today we are continuing our series looking at a proverb a day in May. And this message from H.B. Charles Jr. takes us to the only prayer in the book of Proverbs. It's a prayer of Agur as he talks about how to tap into the wisdom of God, the, the will of God, but also the worship of God as we pray. It's an amazing message today from H.B. Charles Jr. and our series, A Proverb a Day in May. Proverbs 37 through 9 reads, Two things I ask of you. Deny them not to me before I die. Remove far from me falsehood and lying. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with the food that is needful for me, lest I be full and deny you and say, Who is the Lord? or lest I be poor and steal and profane the name of my God. These verses record the wise prayer of a weak man. You can learn a lot about a person simply by listening to him or her pray. And I want to introduce you today to a man named Agur by way of the prayer that he prays in the verses I have just read. This prayer teaches us to address before God the spiritual weaknesses in our lives that either block or detour the pursuit of godliness in our lives. Consider first that this prayer teaches us in its invocation to pray with humble submission. Agur says, two things I ask of you. Agur asked God for what he needed and wanted in his life. He did not tell God what to do. He did not claim any promises. He did not try to use his faith to manipulate God to produce his desired reality. He simply asked God for what he wanted. And this is how you and I ought to pray, friends, with humble submission, not arrogant presumption. But also we see in this invocation that we should pray with spiritual priorities. You will note here that Agur does not pray about vain, trivial, superficial things. His prayer is weighted down with the gravity of eternity. As he prayed about his life, Agur was thinking about his death. We should pray recognizing that life is short and death is sure and eternity is coming. We should, as Jesus teaches us, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, knowing that all the other things we are tempted to worry about will then be fully supplied by the Lord. Furthermore, this invocation teaches us to pray with godly wisdom. Of course, James 1 and 5 tells us we can ask God for wisdom, but I believe this prayer also teaches us that we should pray with wisdom. It is apparent that Agur processed things in organized lists. Our text is the first and shortest of six such lists that we find in Proverbs 30. And in this list, we find Agur's prayer list, where he apparently first thought about the things that he wanted to ask God for in prayer and only came up with two things. If you were to make a list of the things you want God to do in your life before you die, how long would your list be? On one hand, he asked God to remove from his life anything that would block his pursuit of godliness. 
remove far from me falsehood and lying. This first petition reminds us that a commitment to truth is essential for the development of a godly life. Remove it, but remove it far away from me. When you remove it, don't allow it to stay too close because I may go get it or it may come back and get me. And so, Lord, when you remove it, remove it far away from me. He prays first that God would remove from him anything that would block his pursuit of godliness. But then he secondly teaches us to pray that God would not give us anything that would detour us from the path of godliness. Give me neither poverty nor riches. There's a twofold concern here. Don't let me be poor. And Scripture does not say one has to be poor in order to be godly. Jesus just says in Matthew 6 and 24, no one can serve two masters. You'll love one and hate the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money at the same time. The concern is the attitude of the heart. And here, Agar says, Lord, do not let me be poor. Then he says, do not, don't let me be rich. He acknowledges that either one he gets comes from God. Our hope is that in every detail of life, sunshine and rain, blessings and sorrows, God has everything under control. And then he prays the same thing in positive terms. Still, in verse 8, he says, feed me with the food that is needful for me. One translation renders it this way, give me only my daily bread. Do not give me poverty or riches, but keep me in a posture of dependence. Never allow me to get to a place where I fail to recognize that I need you every hour of my life. Keep me in a place so that I will never forget that you are my only source of help and hope and provision and guidance and strength. He says, I don't want riches because I may become full and deny you and say, who is the Lord? Remember in Deuteronomy 8, Moses reminds the children of Israel not to forget God when you get into the land of promise. When you are filled with blessings, don't forget when you were in the wilderness how God took care of you, how the soles of your shoes never ran out and the hems of your garments never ran out. I think this is the sense that, that Agar is speaking here. Do not forget God when life gets good. But then note that there is a peril in poverty as well. He says, Lord, don't let me be poor because I don't want to get poor and get desperate and start stealing. He said, because that's not just a statement about me. It's a statement that would profane the name of my God, indicating that I am stealing because my God cannot be trusted to take care of me. The little boy went to the corner store with his mama regularly, and every time the old man behind the counter would say to the little boys they were checking out, son, reach in that barrel there and get you a handful of candy and put it in your mama's bag and take it with you. But every time the little boy would refuse, 
They would go back and forth bantering until the old man would reach in there for him and get him a handful of candy. And on one occasion, mama is frustrated. And as they're walking out, she says, son, why do you go through this routine with that old man every week we come here? You know you love candy. Why are you refusing and making him get it for you? And the little boy says, mama, you don't understand, but his hands are so much bigger than my hands. <laughs> There's a song we sing in our church, that time is filled with swift transitions. Not of earth unmoved can stand. Build your hopes on things eternal and hold to God's unchanging hand. Today's proverb of the day in May is Proverbs 28. And uh, I honestly, I, I share this on our social media page, and uh, it's, t- it's too funny not to share again. It is Proverbs 28.1, and it says, uh, a, I wanted to go jogging today, but Proverbs 28.1 says, The wicked run when no one is chasing them. So there's that. Uh, Maybe we shouldn't go running today. For all of you joggers out there, that is your proverb for today. But honestly, when we get into the seriousness of this, it says that the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. When we understand wisdom and the importance of walking in wisdom, walking in righteousness, we understand that that gives us strength. The world today is really trying to beat us down for holding to what is right, what is good, what is what is honest and what is true. And we need to be bold as a lion to stand and and on what we believe. We believe that God's ways are right. Maybe you've been intimidated. I'll be honest, I have been intimidated in the past. When the world tells us what is right is wrong, I'm afraid sometimes to speak up. I'm afraid that it's going to turn into a nasty argument. But the truth is, we believe that God's ways are right, and they are not overbearing. It might seem that that God's standard for righteousness is too high or that it is restrictive, but you have to understand, even the world has understood this for generations, that God's plan is right. It is good. It is healthy. It flourishes it, the real healthiness of families and communities. And when we reject the principles of God, when we choose not to follow them, that is where we meet our destruction. I do think that Proverbs 21, uh, 28.1 is a message that we all need to remind ourselves that the wicked flee when no one pursues, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So be bold, proclaim the faith that we have in God and that we know that his standard is good. I hope that we've been able to encourage you today. If we have, we would love to hear from you. What is your favorite proverb of the day in May? And and how has that been helping you grow closer in your walk with Christ. Write to us at Songtime Radio, P.O. Box 100, Barnstable, Massachusetts, 02630, or give us a call. It's 508-362-7070. It's 508-362-7070. You can also head over to our website at songtime.com or look us up on social media. On behalf of everyone here at Songtime and our late founder, Dr. John DeBrine, who has always encouraged you to grow in grace so that you won't groan in disgrace, we want to thank you for listening. From Cape Cod, I'm Adam Miller with our theme verse, Proverbs 22.6. 
Train up a child in the way he should go, even when he is old, he will not depart from it.